This week's episode of Stars Atmosphere is sponsored by United Republic Clothing. The brand is inspired by the people who have came and now walked before us. United Republic is not just a clothing line, it's a way of art, it's a way of expression, and it's the way we live. The name self explains the vision that is created, which is to share a common attitude amongst the people, create power, and generate a sense of character amongst the people called quality. Hence the phrase, we are cut from a different cloth. Log on, unitedrepublicclothing.com, and back to Star's Atmosphere. You could listen to anything today, but you're with us. House Ali Production, Extra Grain. Stars atmosphere, trappy but still classy here. Lil Ratchet here, real no acting here. My thoughts, my opinions. Arrogant, lil nigga, but here's the best part you don't dig it, don't listen. Once a week, we'll kick it. Many topics I'ma mention, probably killing all you mention. Who knows who pay a visit? Define laws of physics and all common sense. And Carolina representing go line, fourth and inches. Cast on the beat, RIP to his sister. This time, stars focus, and he shall deliver. Welcome to my world. I promise I want it all. Stars Atmosphere Podcast at Gmail. Get involved. All I know is ball. Lonzo, I'm so mellow. Buying stolen shit. Holla at your boy Jello. Give me your love, cause I do this for y'all. Podcast trapping, and we serving them all. Stars Atmosphere. Another week. Episode 6 is upon us. Hope everybody had a good previous week. Getting ready to roll into a new one. As you know, we record on Sundays, release on Tuesdays. I'm up here in cold ass Chicago. We got 8 to 10 inches of snow. So, you know, that's new to a South Carolina boy, but you know, we maintaining the best way we can. I want to salute everybody who been rocking with your boy, who been listening. Got some decent numbers. We got some work to do, but we're going to keep on pushing. But you know how I like to do it. I like to dive right in with my trending topics for the week. We're going to start off with the Pac-Man-Adrian Broner fight, which went on last night. Did not turn out like um, a lot of people thought it would, because a lot of people had Adrian Broner winning this fight especially being younger, uh, Pacquiao is in his 40s now, still throwing them hands quick as ever. But uh, going into this fight, a lot of people thought Adrian Broner was going to bring it. This was going to be the fight that took him to that next level. Um, the press conference pre-fight was hilarious. I want to play a quick clip from the press conference showing the confidence that Adrian Broner was rolling into this fight with. All right, we'll see how it goes. Well, we'll turn to Adrian Broner, who, uh, Adrian, you uh, mentioned to some of the press that you, you see this fight as turning the page, um, and, and, and a win would mean so much to you. Explain a little bit on how it is turning the page for you. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I don't fuck with you, bro. I don't fuck with you. You you be talking too much shit about me on Twitter, bro. And um, I'm gonna let you get me. Yeah, you bitch ass nigga. I'm gonna let you know. And um, um, and, and I'm just being real, bro. Like I just already feel like you against me. So I'm not against anybody, but this this isn't about me. It's about you. I'd rather Roy Jones or, or Stephen A. Smith ask me some questions. I don't fuck with you. Okay, that's fine. So Adrian Broner's not going to answer any more questions. I think I'll take that as a no, and we'll let you answer, ask him all the questions uh, in the future. But now it's time for the fighters to face. Well, let me let me ask before we get to that. I will go to some of the uh, to your trainer, Kevin Cunningham. Kevin, you talked about the uh, the it's gang, uh, gang. If I don't fuck with you, they don't fuck with you. Well, I think it's their choice, isn't it? Man, gang, gang. You you know what that means? I guess he learned today. Gang, gang. Take the L out of love. It's over, brother. <laughs> well, hey, that was some hilarious shit. But uh, anyway, Broner goes in. It did go the distance, but it was a unanimous decision for Pacquiao. And fresh out of the ring, we got Broner. Here we go. Adrian. Yeah, bring your motherfucking ass over here. I got a lot to say. 
we're going to conduct this professionally or we're not going to have an interview. You make the decision. What did you think about the fight? What you, I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. I controlled the fight. He was missing. I hit him clean more times. I beat him. You averaged eight punches. Less than eight punches was the most punches that you had in the round, and it seemed as though you couldn't get it close enough. Like, it already sounded like you was against me. So I already ain't, I already, I already ain't got a fair shake talking to you. But let me talk something. Let me let y'all know. I want to thank the whole hood who came out here. I love y'all. I did this for the hood. Y'all know I beat that boy. Y'all know I beat that boy. They trying to, what they trying to do is they trying to get that money again with Pacquiao and um, Floyd. But it's cool. I ain't worrying about it. I'm still that nigga, man. I'm on top Cincinnati. Stand up. West side. Two five. You're three three and one in your last seven fights. What will you do next? Hey, I'm three three and one in my last seven, but I'll be seven zero against you. Well, that wouldn't mean much. That's the end of this interview. Good luck to you in the future. Hey man, that dude is a funny guy, yo. But uh, three three and one in his last seven fights. Um, what y'all think, man? Y'all think it's over with for Brona? I mean, he had such a promising start this career. I mean, I'm not a boxing analyst, but you know keeping up with his initial fights when he first came in the game. He um he was doing his thing. I mean, sometimes as a fighter, you hit that patch. But um I don't know what was up with that. It just didn't really seem like he was the same old Adrian Broner from before. And I know a lot of people lost money on that fight yesterday. So, I don't know if that nigga can go back to the hood. Talking about they did it for the hood. Yeah, be a lot of niggas bet big bread on that and came out on the losing end. But anyway, we're going to keep it pushing. Um... I don't know how many of y'all remember Greg Hardy from the Dallas Cowboys, actually from the Carolina Panthers with us being South Carolinians. Um, he had a domestic violence issue when he was playing in Carolina. Um, something about his chick was fucking with Nelly on the side or something, so he had whooped her ass or whatever. But um, anyway, he's uh, transitioned into the UFC, the ultimate fighting. And um, he was disqualified in his first professional bout for a knee to the head. Uh, for those who ain't familiar with UFC, if the opponent got a knee on the ground, you can't knee him in the head. Like, they have to be standing for you to use your knees. So, anyway, um, Hardy hit him with the knee, got disqualified. Uh, he did express remorse after the fact, especially, you know, training hard, getting himself ready for that fight. Didn't pan out for him. So, for those who are Greg Hardy fans or those who can't stand him because of the things that the young lady said that he did to her, he ended up losing the fight, so that's over with. Let's keep on pushing. Um, next up on the docket, we got Future. Future just put out an album, Wizard, last Friday. Dope project, uh, real long. I think it's about 20 songs, but it's uh, definitely a solid body of work. One thing about Future, I mean, in my opinion, if you want to hear Star's take on it, if you heard one Future project, you've heard them all, but... Uh, but he keeps some five beats. Like I say, the shit is shit is it's a good listen. So um if you got Apple Music, Spotify, Title, any of those platforms, you know, check it out, give it a whirl. But uh he's more so in the news for his interview that he did leading up to the album coming out. And he has some choice words about uh Russell Wilson. I'm gonna let y'all take a listen. It is a little long, bear with me. How you feel about that nigga Russell Wilson though? Real shit. Like, don't think about it. Just say it. He do exactly what she tell him to do. I said, how do you feel about the nigga, period? That's what I'm saying. I feel like I don't have no feelings for it. I feel like, goddamn, it ain't no feelings do for Do you him. feel like the nigga go too far, though? I feel like he getting caught up I'm in... I'm talking about with your son. Do you feel like the nigga go too he far? He not being like? a man in that position. Like, he not being a man at that, at, at that point. Like you not being man, you not telling her, man, bro, chill out with that on the internet. Don't even talk to him. I'm your, I'm your husband. You better not even bring future name up. If that was me, he, she couldn't even bring his name up. She know that. She couldn't even bring her ex's name up. And I don't care what they gave you. What you don't bring their name up in interviews. Don't even do nothing around them. No, don't say nothing. Don't get that shit. No energy. It's about me. Whatever. I'm taking care of everything. I'm a thousand percent. Like I'm a I'm a thousand percent like for like I'm taking care of my situation. You from the though. You from the street that day. Yeah, so I live by a different kind bro. of rules. Yeah. So he think, oh, you should go to court, man. You better not show up for court. He coming with him. Sue him. You sue him for what? By him, nigga. I got money, nigga. I take care of him for you. Sue him. 
If you feel like that, I'm going to take, take care of kids. That ain't mine now. You think I ain't take? I'm, I'm having money. I'm taking care of my kids. It ain't even that. It's just a thing. I want to nitpick at you and do certain things. You know I'm taking care of my kids. What's the real issue? I felt that the fact you don't, you'd already been around my kids when y'all started going together and when y'all first posted the first picture and I didn't even, and you, and you haven't even talked to me. And then y'all get married, the y'all would be like, she was like, I want you to meet Russell now, man. Y'all already done did all the damage. I don't want to meet him now. Now y'all done did all the damage. You supposed to meet him before you even brought a kid around him. I ain't trying to be around your kids. I don't know your baby daddy. I'm right here. Kids I ain't trying to, I'm, I'm not saying nothing to them and nothing. All due respect. My love is for you, and and I love through I, through me loving you. I love your kids, but at the end of the day, I have no say so. Yeah, I can kick something back, but I ain't finna be extra daddy. Yeah, I can't because he got because he have a dad because because he have a daddy, and not not only do he have a daddy, he, his daddy is in the public. I just seen him performing like on 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 some Instagram, like look at the future perform. Like they like they trying to make him a football player. Like what we doing? Man? But I play football, basketball, and baseball. But at the end of the day, he talented. It don't matter. You a football player. You teaching them. I feel like you giving my. Well, I just want you to feel some kind of way about this. Now nah, you you give that. even when they be saying like the football thing, man. Why would I want a championship player coaching my son? Facts. Now it's a uh, whole lot to unpack when it comes to that uh, particular interview. That topic, um, being somebody that has um, stepkids, I have two stepchildren, it, it is a dicey situation. But um, I think in future in Sierra's case, like, they weren't married. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't speculate on what went on, why they broke up, et cetera. But um, they weren't married. And, and a lot of times, you know, if it's just boyfriend and girlfriend, you don't really owe a motherfucker no explanation because – depending on the circumstances as to how they broke up. I mean, their communication may not be there. It may have not been there for her to even reach out at that point that she started dating Russell Wilson to even say, hey, look, I'm dating a new guy, this, that, and the third. But um, that's what happened when you have kids by a motherfucker you ain't married to. You know what I'm talking about? Like, if you ain't married to a motherfucker, you really can't expect or wasn't previously married to a person, you can't really expect the same respect being in a girlfriend, boyfriend type relationship because at the end of the day, as fathers, you should be comfortable and know that your ex-girl is going to move on with her life. She ain't just going to sit on the bench waiting on you to, you know, potentially come back. Life does go on. So I love future music, but shit, future actually a little wrong in this situation because you can't dictate what go on in Sierra house and in Sierra lifestyle, especially because y'all wasn't married. Like, that's the choice you make when you have kids by somebody and y'all ain't married. Like, I don't look at Russell Wilson as no malicious guy. Everybody know he like a schoolboy, like a clean cut individual. Like, she seemed happy, this, that, and the third. But um, as far as him trying to tell Russell Wilson how Russell Wilson should react to this situation. You can't do that, bro. You can't tell a grown man how he's supposed to feel and how he's supposed to react. You can't do that. You just got to res respect it. You know what I mean? You got to respect that Sierra got enough common sense to not have toxic people around your children. So that's where us as men, we got to be careful who we nut in, period. You know what I mean? If we're going to have a baby with a woman we need to make sure she mentally stable she can take care of a baby and can take care of herself for that most for that most part of it but um i gotta say future wrong in that part man because you can't control that girl life no more man that's the decision that happened whenever y'all broke up and that's the consequences of it man so like i said all my players out there man y'all strap up Y'all keep trying to run these bitches bareback and raw dog and everything else and whispering in their ear while you hitting them from the back, telling them you love her, this, that, and the third, knowing you ain't going to be with her. She end up getting pregnant. You end up ghosting her, not saying that's what happened in Future and Sierra case because I really don't know. I don't talk to Future. I don't talk to Sierra, so I can't go into the specifics of their relationship as to why they broke up. But if you ain't married, y'all respect level ain't there. Y'all on a out, ain't nobody talking to the other person. Like, you can't expect 
the things that you expecting because you expecting way too much. And from what I can tell, the shit that she put in the, the internet, social media, it don't sound like it was a kosher breakup. So, you know, I think she did a good job rebounding. She got with a solid motherfucker who got some money, can help take care of your kid. Now, at the end, he did try and clean it up, saying, you know, who better to teach my son football than a champion, Russell Wilson. That part I agree with, but just as far as telling people how they supposed to feel, how they supposed to react, nah, bro, you can't do that. But uh, Russell and Sierra looked like they responded subliminally on Instagram. Uh, Russell put up a picture with um, Lil Future and him and Sierra's daughter, you know, touching noses. And the caption read, all that matters, love. So he took the high road. Sierra posted a picture, you know, standing up. And her only, the only thing the caption said was rise above. So it looked like they taking a the high route in this situation. And they ain't even going to get caught up in the back and forth. Because what's done is done, man. It's over. To me, I think Future really spoke on it. I can't say if he spoke on it because the album was coming out. Because, I mean, we are in 2019 in this era when you got a project coming out. That's when you people go do these deep dive interviews and, and put their views out there so that it can draw attention towards the project. But uh, for me, man, you got lucky because most times your baby mama go get with a lame ass motherfucker. And I ain't talking about lame in the sense of how you perceive him, but just somebody who don't take care of their business ain't treating your child fairly like so you lucked up and got somebody that you know care about your son just as much as they care about their own child and that's that's a blessing you know what i mean so take your blessing future just leave him alone man and shit maybe you should meet russell russell wilson i mean he around your son all the time because i just think everybody need to heal from that situation because you you can tell future still hurt and um I remember my old lady was saying she just think it was because Sierra rejected him. You know what I mean? Especially somebody who used to getting what they want. You see Future rolling with multiple baby mamas, new chick every time he out. Like, it may be a control type factor there because his first thing was he do everything she tell him. Like, uh, come on, bro. Like, quit analyzing other motherfuckers' situations, especially you ain't there 100% of the time. But that's pretty much all the energy I'm going to give to that. Now, I did see uh, Fetty Wap, one of his baby mamas, and Alexis Sky, another baby mama, had a slight altercation because Alexis Sky showed up at the bar slash club where the other baby mama works, and it got heated from there. Now, taking a look here, let's find out these individuals. Lizay Liz Louder is Baby Mama 1 and Baby Mama 2 would be Alexis Sky. Um, she works at a bar in New Jersey. Alexis pulls up with her crew. So Baby Mama 1 decides to attempt to fight Alexis Sky as soon as she showed up and threw bottles at Alexis Sky after Alexis Sky was escorted out of the building. So after Alexis pulls out, they go to a restaurant near the bar. So it said that baby mama one pulls up looking for the smoke. And when she pulled up looking for the smoke, Alexis on the rod, you know, popped off like, bitch, it ain't going down like that. You ain't fucking with our homie. Cause she probably getting bitches in the club, this, that, and the third off her namesake. So anyway, it was an exchange of words between baby mama one and Alexis Sky entourage. Baby mama one pulls out a knife and confronts the crew. Police was called. She was arrested for a uh, misdemeanor reckless endangerment. Now, she got out, and um, I'm going to actually read what she posted on her Instagram story in response to the situation. Baby Mama One, Miss Louder, says, What part did y'all not understand? The box cutter was already in the car. Been in the car, and the mace is attached to my keys. Instead of her, Alexis, hopping out of the car first, she had all these fucking big bitches like two to three times my size and niggas get out first. I hopped out and told them, I'm not about just to sit here and let y'all jump me. I told Alexa straight to her face, I'll put my box cutter and mace in my cousin's hand so we can shoot a fair fade 
and she ended up being the only person out of all of us to walk away untouched. So what that tells me is there was a fight between Entourage and Baby Mama One, and that's why the police got called out. Now, I have no idea why these chicks are beefing. It's probably, you know, some back and forth going on from probably when one was pregnant. Because, I mean, he had all these kids kind of like in a row. So, I'm sure feelings and shit. With, with niggas, when they dealing with multiple chicks, they're going to tell you anything. Ain't no telling what he telling Alexis Sky. Ain't no telling what he telling Baby Mama One. So, it's probably a lot of animosity and shit being taught, especially with social media. Probably DMs that we ain't privy to. So, um, I don't really know the situation, but, um, like, shorty, you got, a, like, a child, like, and you catching a headache from this fucking misdemeanor bullshit, like, it ain't worth it, man. Fuck that shit, man. Sometimes, as ladies, man, y'all just gotta let motherfucking sleeping dogs lie, man. Let that shit go. A, you was at work, so I'm not finna lose my income to argue with a bitch. Because obviously she came in there just to piss you off because she had to know you worked there. So like I say, the smoke was already in the air and you fell for it. I think you probably, I mean, if it bothers you that much, you probably should have went to your manager and said, look, there's somebody that just came in that I have a problem with. And I'm damn near, damn near pretty sure the manager would have just went to Alexis and her little crew and said, hey, not sure what's going on, but you guys are not welcome here in my establishment. So that would have ended that. Would have never had the situation. But you throwing bottles and shit at the girl as she leaving the club, getting escorted out by security. Now your job probably in jeopardy. And I know you pay child support, and that's how you you know primarily will support the child. But you got needs of your own, so you're going to lose your job over a chick? Hell nah. So... That was a funny story to me. But uh, speaking of baby mamas and child support, Gucci Man, um, it's been in the news for a while that one of his baby mamas, the baby mama of his 11-year-old son, she was seeking an increase in um, child support. So it looks like this is starting to get into the court proceedings and going through the court process right now. And basically, Gucci Man pays this baby mama $2,076 a month. That's what she get paid every month to take care of the child. Now, I'm sure this was probably set before Gucci was Gucci and got popping, popping. But, um, I mean, that's pretty much what he's been paying the whole time. And um, basically what they're saying is she's on Section 8. She get food stamps. So my only issue with this, matter of fact, I think I might even talk about this on the podcast. She wants it up to $20,000 a month. Hold the fuck up. This shit is called child support. If y'all was married, you would get spousal support. So, obviously, I don't know if she was a jump off or if it was a previous relationship. But whatever the fuck it was, it didn't work. Motherfuckers got to stop thinking it's up to people to take care of grown folks, man. Grown folks got to get out here and goddamn grind. That's just the hand you was dealt. Because Gucci man could die tomorrow. And say he owe a bunch of motherfuckers, you know, money and all that money that he got get absorbed. Then what you going to do? You got to get your ass out here and grind. So for her to be saying $20,000 a month, that's a little high to me because at 11 years old, no 11-year-old child need $20,000 a month worth of shit. Period. Like, it's child support. To support the child, not to support a grown-ass motherfucker who can go get a job lifestyle that's just not how that shit work so i don't agree with that shit at all because that's that's very steep like that's damn near what a damn that's a big ass increase on 2000 so basically doing the math she damn near get twenty five thousand dollars a year and i think that's adequate to take care of an 11 year old because if she had a nice job or was doing something with her life that shit would be gravy because her job should be able to support all the bills she got. And that would just be gravy on the rice. You feel me? But um, that shit just high as fuck, man, to say you want to jump to 20000 a year because I'm in mean, a month because what that break out to? Let's see. 
I mean, that's just a lot of goddamn money. It's like, what, almost a quarter million dollars a year. It's like, Gucci man, that in this bitch a long time ago. So you definitely wasn't privy to like some luxurious lifestyle, especially if he just starting out. He wasn't even popping at that point. So you can't say I'm, I'm going from luxury to the shitter. Nah, it just seems like you don't want to work, shorty. You know what I mean? You got to get out here and work for it just like everybody else got to get out here and work for it. But I'm going to play for you the baby mama's attorney in court in the statement that she made. Let's check this out. There's been a substantial uh, increase in defendants' uh, income since 2010. Um, we, of course, we have no idea about it. We can Google and see that this net worth is $15 million. Uh, we can see the videos that he posts on YouTube bragging about a million dollar watch, etc. just from a couple of months ago. Um, but what we are looking at is the best uh, interest of this particular child. Here we have a minor child whose father is a multimillionaire. Mom lives in Section 8 housing. Mom is on government assistance. There is food stamps that have to be utilized. The child is on Medicaid. And so when I, when I went through and looked at the answer filed by the defendant, part of what the request for relief that he asked for was that mom's modification be deleted in its entirety. So basically, he's before this court saying, even though since 2010, my income has increased substantially. Right, again, we're not here on the merits. Of the All right. So All right, Your Honor. The motion for protective order that is the subject of today's hearing. I understand, Your Honor. Uh, but what we're looking for, Your Honor, is to get a full and complete understanding of Mr. Uh, Davis's uh, uh, income and assets, which can be utilized to determine not only uh, the basic child support obligation, but also any high income deviation that Your Honor would consider. Now, you see the judge had kind of interjected towards the end because you're talking about a bunch of shit that don't matter, like all that net worth shit, all that extra shit. Like, when you go to court, the court's job is to look out for the welfare of the child. So her feelings some type of way, she should have left her feelings in a briefcase because that ain't what um, the judge that'll do. The judge is to deem and determine if said money is adequate to take care of the child. So don't get me wrong. I'm not being a heartless person saying this lady don't deserve all that. She do deserve support, but she does not deserve to not have to work. Just because you have a baby by a rich nigga don't mean you get to not work. You still got to work because that nigga could die tomorrow. What you going to do? You know what I mean? But not to spend too much time on that. I, I just think it's fucked up. Uh, taking a look here. Purdue Farms recalls 68,244 pounds of chicken. They say the chicken may contain wood. I definitely wanted to bring that up because we black and we love chicken. You know what I mean? So if you shop um, for Purdue Farms, be careful. You got any in your freezer, you might want to go ahead and get rid of it. Uh, I advise you Google that and double check the dates and make sure that it's nothing that could uh, harm you or your family. Now, next up, um, I'm tired of talking about R. Kelly for one, but uh, Sony Music did drop R. Kelly um, in light of the recent docuseries that came out on Lifetime. And, you know, just it's been long overdue. R. Kelly's a nasty man. Um, that's really all the attention I'm, I'm going to give to that. Just wanted to give y'all an update and let y'all know Sony has dropped them. Uh, Universal Publishing dropped them like a while back. It just wasn't announced. So, R. Kelly having some tough times, man. And the thing is, the shit you do in the dark, it does come to light eventually. And people got consciences, man. And just some of the shit that was going on. Go watch the docuseries if you hadn't. It's interesting. Uh, if you don't have time to watch it all, I'm sure you can find clips and snippets. They're all over the place on social media. But uh, next up, I'm in Chicago. And this case right here is actually right here at the forefront it's been on the news every day there was a chicago police officer jason van dyke who was uh sentenced this week he murdered a 17 year old the 17 year old's name is laquan mcdonald he shot laquan 16 times only thing laquan had in his hand was a knife officer said that laquan made a a move, as they like to say. He made a move, a threatening move. If he got a knife, you got a gun, you ain't got to shoot that nigga 16 times, cuz. You ain't got to do that. 
disarm him. You could have shot the motherfucker in the leg. Boy would still be here. This was before they had body cameras, and this particular incident is what made Chicago police officers have to wear body cams full time. This case right here. So the prosecutors were recommending 18 to 20 years of a sentence. Now, let's tell you what Mr. Van Dyke got. Six years. It was reduced down to a second degree murder. And yes, Laquan was black, if you couldn't recognize by the name. And, you know, I'm not racist at all. I got a lot of white friends and friends of just different backgrounds. And a lot of them just see this shit to go on with black people and the police. And they, they'll tell you, like, well, I don't know how y'all do it. Because they gunning y'all down in the streets. But for... This police officer to only get six years after you done shot somebody 16 times, it's excessive. And then he ain't got no criminal history, so he going to get out on parole. He not going to do no full six years. That's why they were recommending the 20 because he would have had to at least do 50%. So let's say, for instance, he only got to do three years. That's not worth somebody's life, man. It's not. It's wrong. Period. Because if a black cop shot a white kid 16 times, they'll damn near be trying to throw him in the chair. They damn near probably burn the motherfucking house down. He may not even make it to court. So it's just fucked up, man. Y'all take the time to do research if you want to. Google this situation and read a little bit more upon it. But show this shit to your children. Like, while y'all out here being goofy and silly and shit and just doing crazy shit, you can lose your life out here because these police is scared. They afraid. And when you afraid, you gonna bomb first. Period. So, I just wanna keep the McDonald family in my prayers. Y'all do the same because it's tough, man, especially to have to lose a 17-year-old child to a scary motherfucker for somebody that's just scared. Like, you you scared, so you doing dumb shit. But we're going to move on. Uh, the world's oldest man died today, 113 years old. Died this morning, actually. He was born in 1905. Well, that's a long time to be alive. Sometimes I be wondering, like, when people get that old, like, when we're not paying attention, do they really be like, God, please come on and get me. Like, I've been here forever, like. Everybody I probably love and miss been gone way before I've been gone. I'm just wondering about that. But um, rest in peace to the world's oldest man. Now, I want to know who um, who looked into that um, fire festival document. Not document. Um, documentary. Excuse me. I had a few shots of that uh, Don Julio 70th anniversary. So bear with me. But um, who took a look at the documentaries? For those who are unfamiliar, um, the Fire Festival was a festival that was supposed to have been like a big festival in the Bahamas. Supposed to have been top-notch. Ja Rule and a guy named Billy McFarland, they started a company called Fire Media. Ja's vision for it was to be some big badass festival, nice, you know, luxury villas. Just an overall great experience. And what uh, ended up happening was the biggest clusterfuck and finesse probably in the last 10 years as far as with the hip-hop community because what they were doing is they were charging people, you know, a nice price to come over, get a nice villa, check out some dope acts, and just have a great time. And uh, for those who go to concerts, you know, a concert is fun. But a festival is even better. Because a festival, you get more acts. And you just, you know, go have a great time. Everybody, you know, get drunk. Music playing, blasting, etc. So, uh, I'm going to dive into this a little bit. And from what I've seen on the documentary, there are two documentaries. One's on Hulu, one's on Netflix. But uh, to me, it seems like this festival was doomed from the start because all the shit that they were coming up with, some of that shit was kind of unrealistic. Like the timelines and 
how much shit was going to cost. And to me, it damn near seemed like how you, you really lucky if you're going to break even on this shit. But um, looking at it, the Billy McFarlane guy, he ended up, you know, going to jail behind this shit. I don't know if he went yet, but he got six years, a six-year sentence behind it. So basically what Billy was saying in this documentary is he spent millions on the villas. But the part that was weird as fuck is he was like, I spent millions on the villas and everything was all good until I lost the keys. How the fuck you lose keys, my G? Keys? Come on. A set of keys, yeah. Like, you know, you might lose your car keys in your house, but you got to ask the villas and they done sent you keys for them and you done lost them? Is there not nobody you can call to get more keys? So this shit already starting to sound like some bullshit. So the more and more this went on, the funding was running out. And basically, two weeks before the festival was supposed to take place, everybody that had already paid basically got an email saying, hey, we got these wristbands that you guys will need, you know, for your food. And other shit, you know, on, in the Bahamas. And basically, it came out to $300 a day. So, everybody who had already paid two weeks before they was getting ready to go to this wonderful festival, quote, unquote, they were asked to send them $3,000. So, I don't have the direct number of how many people had already paid or were attending, but 3000 a head times a bunch of people is a lot of money. So, this motherfucker was finessing the whole time. And then... um, like, all the employees was basically telling them, you know, shit ain't going to work. Just too quick of a turnaround and shit like that. But anyway, uh, one of the gentlemen, his name was Andy King, and he said that Billy McFarlane asked him to suck off a customs officer so they could get the Avion water to where they were having the festival. Uh, Andy said it didn't happen, but he said, you know, it hurt his feelings. He was leaving the meetings crying because... This dude suggesting that, you know, he go suck another man's dick just to get some water over there. So the shit wasn't organized at all. Um, the Bahamians didn't get paid until the owner of the grill, Bar and Grill, used 50K out their own pocket. Matter of fact, her name was uh, Marianne Rose. She used 50000 of her own money just to pay her employees who were being overworked. You got a bunch of people here for a festival expecting to have villas. They they threw them in tents. Yeah. You go from a villa to a tent. For me, I'm already pissed off. Somebody getting fucked up. Y'all got my money. Y'all ain't deliver what the fuck y'all said y'all gonna deliver. Hell nah. It ain't going down like that, man. No, sir. So uh, this Marianne Rowe lady, like I said, she used 50K of her own money. And by the time all the smoke had cleared, she had lost over $100,000. Gone. Gone with the wind. But um, I did see they uh, started a GoFundMe for and it's already up to 90000 So that is good that she getting some of her money back because she put a lot of bread up. Uh, somebody else who was on the, the fire media staff said that they had charged up $150,000 on their Amex. Never got paid back. So you see where I'm going? Like, this Billy McFarlane motherfucker was straight finessing. Like, we don't even know where the money went. Like, the SEC had to get involved. Like, that's how fucked up this situation was. And they were supposed to got luxury catering from Steven Starr, a celebrity chef. But they hand these motherfuckers them little, them little hefty, you know, like them little to-go boxes. To-go boxes with a salad in it and a fucking cheese sandwich. I sent you $3,000 fucking dollars for this motherfucking wristband, punk ass nigga. Where the fuck is my motherfucking food? Might want no goddamn sandwich and a salad. You know how many sandwiches and salads you could have got for, what, $300 a day? Shh, man, get the fuck out of here. So, to add insult to injury, this old slimy ass Billy McFarlane motherfucker, he started up another scam company in the middle of trial for this Fire media bullshit. And I don't even know how many people got skinned out of their shit with that. So, fuck Billy McFarlane, you bitch-ass nigga, for stealing everybody fucking money and goddamn don't know, ain't no paper trail of where this money went. And 
it's just fucked up, man. So y'all gotta be aware of these motherfuckers scammers and motherfuckers who can promise. Everybody nowadays is overpromised, underdeliver. Period. So to all the people that went to the fire festival, you know, my condolences, man, because that's a traumatic experience. Like shit, motherfucker shot you $20. You ready to fight. So I can only imagine how much money these people were out, you know, fucking with this bullshit ass festival. And I think some of them even had hard times getting back home. But um, check those documentaries out. There's one on Netflix, one on Hulu, on the Fire Festival, spelled F-Y-R-E. Uh, ja Rule was catching a bunch of heat because he was a part of this group. But um, basically, he says a lot of these, docu- both of these documentaries are bullshit. He says uh, Billy got paid by Hulu just to tell his side of the story. So, like I say, man. Do your research. Take a look at it. Something we can definitely talk about. Email me. StarsAtmospherePodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at StarsAtmosphere. Well, that pretty much rounds up the news. I actually do got one more story. Um, An Iowa mayor got caught growing marijuana in his basement. So the mayor had the tree trees, you know what I mean, growing in the basement. It just show you um, it, it's time to legalize, man. Every time a state legalized, they get plenty of money, millions, like in the first 30 days. So um, the Iowa mayor, LaDonna Kennedy, and her husband, Randy Kennedy, were arrested on Wednesday after police found 18 marijuana plants and nine weed packages in the couple's basement. So they got a tip, and um, somebody was hating. So they got a tip. Um, basically, it was a, somebody that was um, on the run for attempted murder, and somebody said that they may be hiding in the home where the mayor lived with her husband. So while they were looking for the dude, they called for a search warrant because they smelled an overwhelming odor of raw marijuana coming from the house. So after they got the search warrant, they found 18 plants, nine packages of uh, marijuana, drug paraphernalia. Each package contained four to five zips. So, and that's a she. So they had the trees, trees, real talk. So, like I say, man, they just need to legalize. I mean, folks going to find their marijuana and do what they got to do, man. Let folks smoke, man. It ain't like the 80s when folks was hitting them crack rocks and Shit was going left. It ain't nothing but a little weed. Nothing but a little weed, man. A little weed ain't hurt nobody. If you ain't smoking, you might need to. I mean, it's so many health benefits that have been explained that marijuana can provide to the body, uh, even when you put it down in oil form. So, you know, it's just time to legalize, man. All right, like we always do about this time, it's time to reach out to our first guest on Star's Atmosphere. Let's see here. About to hit my boy Scotty K up. Hey nigga, I wanna know if you ready to do this shit. Is you ready to do this shit or what, motherfucker? And don't be acting like no pussy when we get the fuck out there. Hello? Scotty K, what's good? Welcome to Star's Atmosphere. What's good, Star? How you been, bro? Man, good, good, man. It's a pleasure to have you on this week. I appreciate it, man. But uh, not to hold it back for the fans, man. Let's dive right in. So uh, my first question, brother, is uh, when did you fall in love with hip-hop? Oh, I fell in love with hip-hop at a very young age, man. My my mother was my influence from hip-hop. My my mother grew up in the city, and uh, she her family was a little less fortunate than most folks and my mom's been through a lot so that was my mom's thing and she grew me up in the car on on like houdini melly mel grandmaster kaz uh edit james uh, lil walter uh muddy waters howlin wolf stuff like that so my love for hip-hop came from my mother's like you know deep roots within the culture dope that's dope man she had a real good palette too man because that's a lot mm-hmm. of versatility in that so um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I I really look up to my mom for that. Most deaf. So the elephant in the room. Let Let's get this one out the way. 
what separates you from the quote unquote white rapper? Because I, I really hate that term, especially in 2019. Right. No, um, I kind of just hit on it with that, with, you know, my mother being sort of my influence. She taught me like, you know, the actual ins and outs of the system and stuff like that. Like, you know, things weren't what my white friends thought they were and stuff like that. So I was a little bit more in the know of how things work. But what makes me different as a white rapper, I guess, would be, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm anti, but I'm more anti with, with evidence. You know, I, I understand what I'm, what I'm up against and I know what I'm putting out there and I, I'm, I'm bringing light to, to subjects that, you know, not for my benefit, but really just to bring light to those subjects. Yeah, I'm I've been noticing here. that on your social media because it's not like you're you're doing anything to get clickbait like you know like a lot of people do today. It seems like you know everything is real gene when it comes from your heart when you post it. I, I noticed. Yeah, that. yeah. No, I'm like I, I'm an activist and a philosopher, like first and foremost over everything. Like, but you know that that's that's my my goal with like my projection with my music is I don't I don't want to put anything else but that into my into my craft because that's who I am. So I'm not going to like overload it with any other Gucci special, you know, face tattoo bullshit or colored hair and whatnot. Like, you know, that's not me. That's not, you know, I've got a mission. I got a straight mission and that's, that's what sets me apart. Like I'm not, I'm not out here for a bag. I'm out here for something much larger than that. So the passion and the love is just the the music, just the ability to create, because if there wasn't an opportunity to make any money from this, I still feel like you would just make music. Right. Cause I got something to say anyway. Yeah, it's an outlet. That's right. So, um, tell the listeners a little bit about your latest project, Afterburners, which I have personally listened to. You know, I already told you, you know, it's a dope body of work. Um, it was actually some good gym music too, especially on that treadmill. Yeah, actually, the, it's funny that you use that because a lot of people have told me it's it's a good like motivational workout music, and and the point to that was it's it's nice to hear that because. My drive for the album was it's called Afterburners, but it's spelled like a license plate because it's like, you know, in today's modern era, you see a lot of things happening around you that just make you want to leave. Like, you know, I don't want to be here no more. So it's like that. It was that was my my compilation of work to distinguish, you know, my feelings of like, you know, I really feel like I want to get away. And this is this is what I'm going to create that helps me get away. You know, so it's like you know, it's it's cool to hear people say that the project really gives them the motivation to like go out there and, and do some rough shit, you know, really take things head on. Like I like that because that's how it made me feel. Yeah. Yeah, man. You did a good job. What's your, uh, what's your favorite song on the project? My favorite song on the project is probably either no great loss or rage quit. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now what makes those your favorites? Um, my mentality behind making them like rage quit was like, you know, I was, I was, I'm, I'm bipolar, so I go in and out of like depressive moments or really highs, really low lows. So I was like, that was my really low low, and it was like, it was it was nice to actually finish that because it was like, wow, you know, I I still felt like I couldn't do anything, and I did something dope with it. So it was like I worked through my shit anyway, even when I felt like I couldn't. That was that's that's why that would have been my favorite. My the the reason that no great loss would be my favorite is probably. Just because, you know, it just sounds so dope to me. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Like, you just, you really wrapping your ass off. And, like, mm. in today's climate, like, I like everything. And, you know, being an artist myself, I like being able to do everything. So I, so I can do the stupid shit. I can do the, you know, shit that catches yeah. your, your mental. But just having a versatile palette, man, I think that's what music is missing. Because, like you said earlier, the people with the colored hair is a bunch of clout chasing and a bunch of just saying it's just, shit. Yeah, it's like you said, it's clickbait, man. It's just clickbait. And it's, it's like frustrating because like then you never get to see any like real tactic or real message with it. And it's like, that's what I'm trying to perpetrate. See, I'm going to tell you what really, really drove it home for me because I heard the actual project before I watched the documentary. Now, yeah. the documentary is some ill shit. Like, it's because most artists today, they don't do that shit. Like, they don't open themselves up like that. Exactly. You see it from the artists who got a deal or got a situation, but just to be an independent and, you know, take your followers just be a nobody and your fans. And be like, yeah. yeah, take them on that journey with you. So when right. shit does happen for you, you know, next year, this year, people can be like, oh, I've been on this ride the whole time. And then you're going to have like a, a loyal base. Like a, a nice little, uh, what would you call it? A, a cult following. There you go. Now, yeah. um, Go ahead and talk about the director and, you know, the process of y'all coming together and putting that documentary together. 
Well, I worked with uh, Justin Eirich, and he's a, a good friend of mine. But um, I had an idea, you know, I was seeing that, you know, a, a lot of people are generating um, views and stuff through visuals and not necessarily just through their music. And so at the time I was putting music out, so I got with him and I was like, you know, man, like I've, I've got this music or whatever, but I can't really come up with like a good enough idea that I can afford right yet, right now for like a, a music video, you know, because like you want to make a music video look like artist or, or artistic and like well done and, and really thought out. And it's like, you know, the kind of ideas that I have, like I don't have that kind of money right yet to like back that idea up. So it's like, I was like, you know, let me think of something else that I can do. And it was like, well, I was thinking of the project. It makes me want to get away. And the last time I wanted to get away was when I was just getting ready to finish high school. And I didn't want to be in my hometown no more because nobody was doing anything. And I wanted to go do something. And so it was like, okay, well, let me, let me tell people, you know, like that I'm not, I'm not you're a normal person, you know, like I'm, I'm, I went out of my way to go find a mission rather than to just, you know, Oh, I think I'll, get a job and like my job and make money, you know, like fuck all that. Yeah, so it's like, exactly. I wanted, I was like, you know what? I, I think I'll, I think I'll do that rather than just do like a music video. And then I'll work on some music that I can actually build music videos on that I can still afford. So then I, then I got with him and he was like, you know, I think that's a dope idea, but he was actually nervous at first doing it. Cause he was like, I don't really know how to set something like that up, man. And I had to like, I damn near had to convince him to do it on the fly. I was like, bro, like, we'll just figure it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he was yeah. like, he was like, "All right, fine, we'll do it." And, uh, you know, I I paid him for it, and we we I, he came up with me. We stayed with my folks for a week or whatever because I I had already planned up uh, on going up there to visit my family anyway. So he just came through and stayed with for the week, and and you know he he was just there, and that's what he filmed. Now tell him so, exactly where you are from. I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Most people would probably know that as Amish country, <laughs> but it's actually it's actually rather close to Philly. So it's like it's still kind of hustle and bustle. It's like Greenville in a sense, but Greenville's a little bit larger and more spread out. So it's like Lancaster's real huddled in, but you get out of Lancaster fast. So it's like a small town with a lot of people in it. Gotcha, gotcha. Now what brought you to uh, Greenville? Uh, actually, fate. I guess it was just you know just kind of happened that way. I was in the military, and I was living down in Louisiana for a minute, and then. I got out of the military and moved up and got up here because my, my girlfriend or wife, now my girlfriend at the time, was um, at Limestone. And so I moved up here with her. And then we ended up just moving, you know, from Gaffney to Spartanburg to Greenville. And I ended up in Greenville. And I was like, yo, I don't want to leave here. I like it. Nice, nice. So, now, folks, you guys can watch the documentary. He's going to explain a lot of this in the documentary. But just for context, since everybody's listening, I wanted to – let him tell you guys. Now, this past Friday, he had a show up at the Firmament. Oh, man, it was lit. How was it, man? You said it was lit. Did you enjoy it yourself? Lit. Crowd response yeah, no, good? And I I will say, you know, maybe from like an outside perspective, from folks looking in, it, it, it was like, you know, a decent show, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like hype, hype. But, you know, there was a, a good turnout for what we had. Like, it was way more we, than we planned on. And uh, for me, that's like one of the best shows I've done to date. So, yeah, I seen the uh, Insta stories. A lot of people uh, were posting on an Insta story. It, it looked like y'all had a good turnout. And um, a lot of times with shows, when people may not be all the way familiar with the content, I tell artists this all the time: when they're looking at you like a deer in headlights, they're they're absorbing, they processing. So don't take right. it as they're not fucking with it. They just damn this is some cool shit who is this guy yeah. let me follow this guy because with having multiple acts on one show it's multiple fan bases coming in and and those are the type right. of shows it's, i like yeah and it's like multiple genres too so it's like you get a taste of music you wouldn't normally click on and so it's like you gotta you gotta keep that in mind as an artist though like when you're on stage you're looking at people and they look like they're not fucking with it but that's only because of their face value that you're looking at like you don't know you like i can see the wheels turning I like seeing that. I like when I can look at somebody and I can see their, you know, their gears are turning inside. They're like, whoa, wait, what, what did he just say? Like shit like that. I love that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they'll look at you and they'll be like, that's coming out of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> Straight up, man. Cause like I say, I think you can go ball for ball with any of them. Cause um, I remember being back in my grand hustle days when I was down there with T.I. and them. Uh, T.I. was actually the first person to sign Yellow Wolf. 
and and what happened was my situation was like a couple weeks later and that same week was the week he got caught with the guns so um yeah kp was managing yellow wolf and kp is the one that you know first put ti out and basically you know he made a phone call and you know put him in the situation and, and that's how yellow wolf got over there but back to the what i was saying I think you go bar for bar with those guys. Like I don't, I don't mm. use the word local. I always use independent because we just independent yeah. contractors waiting on the union or somebody to pick us right. up to pay us more than what we already can make for ourselves. Right. So would you say you're looking for a record deal or you just doing like I do myself, just building organically and just seeing where the road takes you? Now that's my thing. I've, I've I've analyzed it like this, and I have a lot. I have a different outlook on the whole deal thing. Um, I don't cling to that term of being independent because I feel like I feel like people nowadays have too much loyalty to be an independent. I feel like sometimes it's it might be less beneficial for you to be independent. So for what I'm saying, for for my goals and my my plans for my career, and and then the way that I want to put not just my image together, but my music you know, collection and my catalog and stuff like that, the, 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 the stuff that I'm trying to do and the quality that I want, you know, I might find it beneficial to be with a label. Now, maybe I'm not going to get paid what other people would like to get paid, but maybe that's not on my, my mind. And I don't, I'm not looking for a big bag like that. You know, like, like my whole thing is I could do a deal and make enough money to where I'm in like a three bed, two bathroom house or four bed, three bathroom house. Like I don't need none of that big shit. Like, so it's like, I, I would go with a label if it helped put me in a, in, in front of people who wouldn't normally watch, you know, you go. Yes. Just so you can spread the message a whole lot further, a whole lot faster. Right. Gotcha. Now, can you tell us about any new projects you got coming and can I get a verse on one? (laughs) (laughs) That's a big question, bro. (laughs) Can you get a verse on one? I don't know, man. Um, I got, I got like a three project, uh, three album project coming. It's, uh, it's, um, gonna be called like the, the, the tracks that I just put out now, they're coming from Lil Fucky, which is like a kind of like, like you said, the face tattoos, or I said that rather, but like the face tattoos and the colored hair shit. Like I could be fun. I could be stupid. I could lose my shit sometimes. So that's that. And then. There's a another prong to that trident. It's gonna be um, the snake and the fruit, and that's gonna be like a more, you know, romantic type album. Cause a lot of people have been bitching that I don't have shit for the ladies. So it's <laughs> like, all right, all right. So I'll do that. Cause I have some in the vault. Whatever. I'll I'll let them out. And then I've got another one that I'm planning on called uh, Pythagoras and the Pythia. And that's going to be more of like my, my social directed album, like, you know, very, uh, very politically charged, I guess. But it's like that way I I can engage with my listeners on a more specific because I because I got a lot of spread out fan base. I got people who like some of my political stuff. I got people who like my my more like, you know, mainstream live stuff, whatever. I got people who like the vibey stuff like the the spots in between the very few that i've made so it's like i now i can be like all right well here's 13 tracks that you'll like here's 13 tracks that you'll like and here's 13 tracks that you'll like gotcha gotcha but yeah man if you can find something for me brother i'd definitely love to get on and rock with you any any subject yeah. oh i thought you meant no I, I thought you meant doing it on the phone i was like i ain't gonna spit nothing on the phone I oh no 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 i just want to be on the project bro <laughs> no no i'm looking i got you don't worry you your name's already on the list of features my guy, my guy. Yeah. Now, last but not least, just tell these folks where they can find you on social media and also where they can go to find the music. Um, on social media, on Facebook, it is at the real Scotty K. On Instagram, it is the same thing at the real Scotty K. Uh, Twitter is at Lil Grayback, G R E Y B A C K. And on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Music, Tidal, Google Play, Amazon, all that good shit. Anywhere you can get music, I'm on there. Most definitely, man. I appreciate you stopping by the atmosphere. I definitely I, I appreciate um, you having me, man. No, no problem, man. I definitely want to get these folks in tune. 
let them know that the upstate has some talent because most of the time these folks they support the person that they don't know when the person next to them is just as dope if not doper right well that's the thing like that's what i learned when i was at when, on the show on friday man we had some talent like it blew my mind like even just the past three years that i've been in the greenville area you know I've seen so many people grow. I've seen so many new people start up. I've seen p- people fall off. I've seen like the whole multitude of things. And the only thing that I can say is like, this is this is ten times more than anybody's seen in the past five, ten years. So yeah. it's picking up. And You're right, we, man. We got it coming. Because when I started, you could count really on one hand, maybe two, all the people that rap. And at that time, I was just you know learning, being a student. Because other than you know high school bathroom freestyles. Most folks right. didn't know how to put the idea down and, you know, produce it because the thing that fucked music up is when the ability to be able to put that shit in your own crib became cheap. Right. Because not everybody right. has a voice. But Yeah, because then it's like anybody and their mother could make a record and be like, yo, this shit is hot. Let's bob our heads to it. Exactly. But uh, dope artists like yourself, man, y'all bringing the feeling back and – I appreciate you coming by, man, and we're going to go ahead and plug this. It'll be out on Tuesday. I'm up here in cold-ass Chicago in the motherfucking snow, but we definitely appreciate you, man. Hold it down, my brother. Oh, man, always. I appreciate you listening, bro, and hey, be safe up there, bro. Move move dangerously. Oh, hell yeah, you already know. I'll be back full-time in April, so let's get it. All right, bro. All right, peace. All right, that was Scotty K checking in at Stars Atmosphere. I did have another guest planned this week, but... uh. Scheduling and timing just didn't come together. So, um, also, I did not create a independent thought for the artist this week. Look for that to come back next week as well. Appreciate y'all rocking with me. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Stupid Dope Star. That's my artist page. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Stars Atmosphere. And like I always do, I'm gonna leave y'all with something from one foot in, one foot out. We'll catch you next week. You. This is the fruit of our hard work, the belief in the entrepreneurial spirit, the new American dream, a toast. A toast to my family and life until death. I've been thinking about you more than I'd like to say. If you're with me, we can make it happen. Let me show you the way. The Academy. The Academy. Take my hand Sammy. Take my hand, me by my side. I'll be your ride or die. Let me 
trap. Don't play cause she strapped. She trained to react. Calling her bait. We running with that. Oh, I love how she act. She the coolest in fact. Ride with a pack. Make them where I'm at. Might throw a stack. She got what I lack. And she running like trap. Roll up my threads. Wouldn't trade a gotta have a We gon' paint your town. With the utmost respect. When we bounce and bam. I make her say yes. I get her undressed. I turn the lights out. And make a whole mess. Say, 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 say